are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. There's a group of wonderful women who are silently hurting. The statistics are surprising. They are your sisters, your daughters, your neighbors. They are your pastor's wives, your community leaders. One from this group may be found in your very own mirror. The pain is real and the condemnation is paralyzing. Healing is needed, and I believe that time is now. As a matter of fact, I know it's time for healing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee, conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. As I entered into 2021, I sought the Lord for, the, for the, the mission, the message of this radio programming, and actually what it is that I'm about to, to do. What is it, God, that you would have me to do this year? What is the emphasis? And the word healing came to my mind. We have so many talented, gifted people who are not fulfilling their God-called lives because of secret condemnation. A past decision they feel is too weighty for even God to correct or forgive. This year, without a doubt, God is leading me with the words, Go heal my people. And how? Not with magical hands or secret potions, no. God has inspired in me and put me on a mission to see healing by loving other people, by loving them as God so much has richly loved me. Healing comes through being heard, friends, to being understood, being accepted, by knowing and understanding God's unconditional love and grace that is extended to all of us. So today we begin as we open up 2021 with a topic that so many avoid. Why is it avoided? Because this topic is so often accompanied by judgment and raw condemnation. I'm talking about abortion. Many radio and TV ads urge us to confront the silent screams of the aborted, and certainly we all understand that, and we grieve with that. That voice is necessary, and we must hear it. But friends, please listen to me. There's another cry that we must hear. Silent as though it may be, we must gain a spiritual awareness, our spiritual ears to hear. You see, we're also surrounded by the silent screams in the hearts of those who have made the choice to abort. Today's conversation is not about the why, why this decision was made, because that varies as much as does the statistics and the numbers. Our conversation today is based on this deep truth. God's comforting love can bring healing to those screaming hearts. 
And not only that, he can actually transform those screams into voices of hope. To join us in a conversation is someone you want to hear today. She knows it. It's her passion. She lives by it. Her heart is to see people healed from this deep hurt. Her name is Victoria Robinson. I had the pleasure of meeting her last year with a good friend, Joe Battaglia. And you're going to love Victoria. You're going to love her story. She's an author, a public speaker, a television personality, and former host of the radio show Real Talk with Victoria, where she invited guests to come in and talk about things like this that really matter. Victoria is a published author of They Lie to Us, which is now in its fourth print, and she serves as the executive director of three separate pregnancy centers across the country. Her mission is real, and her words are healing. So today, it is such an honor to welcome from Nashville, Tennessee, my friend and a voice of hope, Victoria Robinson. Welcome, Victoria, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year. Um, I, I'm so excited about what this year is going to bring, and I, I love the fact that we are going to talk about healing today from one of the most um, sensitive uh, topics in our country today, abortion. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Victoria. You know, I really do believe that the enemy is using the enemy, our own voice. I think I say to myself, we have, the, we have an enemy which, who speaks to us. We all know that in the spiritual level. But then there's that inner me, I-N-N-E-R, that inner me, those voices that, that are inside me that hold, me hold me back. And I believe that so many of us are, so many people have these, these pains and these from choices and regrets. And the enemy is using them to literally, as he wants to do, to kill, steal, and rob from their lives just to keep them silent. And as I entered this year, Victoria, and I know this is so aligned with what you do, I just feel like God is just saying, you know, just build platforms. Don't skirt around topics that, that are causing people to hurt and just stay silent. Heal with my words. And so I just thank you for doing that because that is really what your mission is about is seeing the healing of those who have uh, suffered that, that choice of abortion, correct? It is correct. And the thing is, Kim, if we don't talk about it, those millions, and there are, gosh, I think it's the numbers change, but I think it's 65, 66 million abortions since Roe v. Wade. That's a lot of people. And if we remain silent about the subject, then and no one's talking about it, they're going to continue suffering in silence, thinking, well, this is so bad, nobody's even willing to talk about it. So, and this is, this is that sin that God can never forgive me for because my pastor won't talk about it. Uh, women aren't talking about it. I, I never hear anything about it. Uh, so that's why it's so important that we get the word out and we let women and men know there is healing after an abortion. There is hope. There is redemption. And our God is in the business of taking care of all of those things for you, no matter what you've done. Absolutely. You know, I talk about the, the, it's silent. The screams are silent to us of those sitting on the church pews with us, those that are at the social events with us. They're silent to us, but they are screams within the people. They are literally screaming condemnation at them. Um, Victoria, I travel and, and do, um, as you do, uh, do, do different programs that, 
one of the programs I do is Burns of Blessings. And I was doing this was a couple of years ago. I have so many stories about this topic, but I was, for some reason, we don't talk about uh, abortion a lot um, in these seminars because I feel like almost it needs to be a smaller group of talking. But I was with literally hundreds of people, and something came up. God impressed it upon my heart about the abortion, and I mentioned it briefly. I said, as we talk about things that we can't overcome, the ladies have to write down pieces of paper, and we, we read them um, where people don't know who they belong to. But there were several abortions in that. And I said to the group, if there's anyone in here that is suffering with this and you can't go on with your life, I'm going to be back in such and such room at such and such time. I want you to just quietly find your way back there. And I will meet you, and we will we will pray. We will talk. We will open up God's Word. Victoria, I walked back there, and the room was almost filled. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was a small room, but I say 20, 25 but out of that group, there were three pastors' wives, and they felt so condemned. But, you know, the hope that God gives to us, and that's what I want us to talk about today. Let's start with this. Why are you so passionate about this, Victoria? Uh, well, unfortunately, I, I earned it from having an abortion myself over 30 years ago. I was a single mother. I had two little girls that were um, three and uh, they were very, very young, and I got involved. They were nine months old and three when their father decided I was married to leave. He didn't want to be married anymore. And within a year, I met a guy that I fell madly in love with, and since my self-esteem was already shot to pieces from my marriage ending and being abandoned, I you know, fell into a sexual relationship with this guy that I met and became pregnant. I was already struggling with these two little girls. I wasn't getting any support from their father at all, emotionally, financially, um, and I was terrified. Now, I knew the outcome of, an, of a pregnancy because I had two children. Abortion was not, never something that I ever agreed with. It was never something I would have ever thought I would consider. As a matter of fact, Kim, I had a friend who had had seven abortions. Uh, using it as birth control, and we would get in arguments about it because I just couldn't understand how come she could keep doing that. And then now here I was, a single mother, not married, in a crisis, trying to take care of two children, working 12 hours a day to make ends meet, putting them in daycare from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and now I was going to have another child. My boyfriend I thought would be happy about it. I still never thought abortion would come up. But when he brought up abortion and I was so early and said, this is the best decision, you know, we don't need to have a child now. We can do that later. And I called an abortion clinic at his urging, and the woman on the other line said, you'd be really selfish to have a child when you can barely take care of the two you have. Aren't you a good mother? A good mother would never have another child when your two children are in daycare all day. I mean, it was every single thing that she said that convinced me I was a horrible person to have this child and that it was the worst thing I could do to my children. So on a Saturday morning, I drove myself to an abortion clinic in Charlotte, North Carolina. My boyfriend was out of town. He couldn't take me, got a sitter, kissed my girls goodbye, told the sitter I would be shopping for a few hours and be back. And I walked into an abortion clinic and allowed an abortionist to take the life of my child. And I can tell you, Kim, that the woman I was that walked into that abortion clinic was not the same woman that walked out. 
I knew immediately I'd made a mistake. I knew my life would never be the same. And then I decided I needed to bury it, never talk about it, never think about it, because it would destroy me. But in little ways throughout the next, over the next decade, uh, it, it did start to eat away at me and it changed who I was. I got involved in abusive relationships. I thought that's what I deserved. I thought I didn't deserve to be happy. God hated me, could never use me, could never have any use or, or love for me again for what I'd done. And I convinced myself of these things. So it wasn't until I walked into a pregnancy resource center in North Carolina after, after 10 years because I couldn't take it anymore. And I found healing through post-abortion counseling, after abortion recovery counseling, whatever you want to call it. It changed my life, and it uh, instilled this passion in me to not only talk to those women before they have abortions, uh, but also those ones who've had abortions, to know that there is help, there is healing. God does forgive, and you can lead a successful life, whole life. And until then, if you've had an abortion, Kim, until you reach that reality or you get the help that's offered, that I can offer, you're never going to be whole. And I don't believe God can use you in the way he wants to until you deal with that pain. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you just covered a lot of ground there, I, a, a lot. And for our listeners, I, I do want to tell our listeners, if we do have someone who would like to call in and, and speak to Victoria if you have a question, if you have a concern. Um, you, you can call in anonymously. You don't have to give your name. You can call 347-324-5246. Press 1. The number is 347-324-5246. Press 1. I will not ask your name or where you're calling from if you have a comment that you would like to make or uh, a question that you have. Victoria, let's get back to this. You said that you went 10 years from the abortion to the healing. 10 years is a long time. And I know that we have listeners that are probably going, 10 years, I've lived a lifetime with it. During that time, it seems to me that there was never a time that, from what I heard you say, never a lot of time where you weren't thinking about that or you weren't feeling condemnation about that single choice that you had made. Oh, my gosh. I, it was self-condemnation. I had self-loathing. Um, I, I, I didn't know. Here's the thing, Kim, I want people to understand. I would have loved to have gotten help a year later or a day later the next week after having an abortion, but I didn't know there was even help available because people weren't talking about it. That's the whole point of, of why I do what I do, why I speak out, because they, I know those women. They're, they're, they were me. They never heard, they've never heard of after abortion recovery. I was in Cody, Wyoming, speaking before COVID hit um, when I was still traveling and speaking. Now I'm, I'm speaking through virtual events, but this was when I was traveling. And this woman came up to me, and this, she represents millions of women. She was in her 60s, and she walked towards me after I had spoken. I'd shared my story. I talked about after abortion recovery. I talked about how I had grieved for my child. I still will grieve for my child for the rest of my life. Uh, and she came to me and she said she was crying. I saw her coming. I knew that what was, I, I knew because this had happened so many times, it always happened, what she probably mm-hmm. wanted to tell me. And she mm-hmm. said, uh, 
I want you to know I didn't even know I was coming here tonight. My friend called me an hour before it started. Her husband couldn't make it. She said, you want to go with me to this dinner? Somebody's speaking. It's just going to be a nice girl's night out. I said, sure. What's it about? I don't really know, but let's just go. So we came. I listened to you speak, and I'm one of those women. And she started started just tears flowing. She said, I didn't know I was allowed to grieve. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, I've never grieved because I thought I wasn't allowed. I chose abortion. So when I would find myself over these past 35 years thinking about what I'd done and got emotional about it, I stopped myself and said, you don't have the right to grieve. She said, thank you for giving me permission to grieve. And then she said, and I have never heard of this help for women like me. How do I get this help? Because I don't want to live this way anymore. And I took her hands and I said, first, I want to tell you, I'm so sorry for your loss. And she said to me, Kim, sorry for my losses. I aborted my twin daughters and I've never had children since. And I just held her and hugged her and got her connected to the help that she needs. And she has since been able to do that. She represents millions of women, millions. One woman came to me once, Kim, and she said, Victoria, I'm so worried about you. This was not a woman who's ever had an abortion. She said, "Um, when you were speaking, this is at a different event, she said, you got so emotional sharing your story, and it made me grieve for you thinking, I don't think she's found complete healing because she was so um, upset about her her story and ta- as she talked she could barely get through it and I looked at this woman and I said well can I ask you how many children do you have she said I have three if you lost one of your children would you grieve the rest of your life she said absolutely I'd be devastated I said well for women like me it's no different that was mm-hmm. my child so I'll grieve the rest of my life too and then she got mm-hmm. it it was like this moment where she understood So that's the other thing I want women who've had abortions to understand and men who've had abortions in their past, that we're never going to stop grieving those children. And you do have the right to grieve those children. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you don't. That's powerful. Uh, I just feel like I need to let that just sit in for just a minute, everything that you just said, because I feel that God is doing a great work in the hearts of those who are listening now and those who will be listening. I believe that there's so much hurt and pain and condemnation. Um, and, you know, for so many, and this is why we don't talk about the whys, is because, you know, the reasons change and people's lives change and they think, oh, if, if it were now, or if I'd done this, you know the, what you're saying is, and I believe that this is so. This is so God. God, God doesn't come to condemn. He comes to comfort. He comes to to make us voices of His hope, which is what the, what you've done, and that's what I want our listeners to hear. But first, I feel like that your words have been just like a hug to them, and that's what I I pray right now is that people are, that as they're listening to them, and you know what, Victoria, there's so many people who are walking among us, who are leaders, who have that smile and are, are doing really good things, but there's still that part of them that's being held back because no one knows. 
no one knows. And so tell me, or tell our audience, um, our friends who are listening, men and women, 49% of our listeners on this show are men. So I'm so thankful I was going to bring that up the way this um, is with men. But I'd like for you um, just to share with them for a minute um, you know, where, with with where they are and what what they're feeling right now, that that right to grieve, and um, you know, just just speak to that again for a minute because I think that that is that is so healing, and 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 and, and tell our audience why it is so important that we shatter the secret that we're holding within us. What what does that matter? What will that do if they have been holding the secret for so many years? Why is it important for them to find someone trustworthy that they can share that with? Well, the truth sets you free. And it's, it's really, the, it's just, there is no other way to, to, to put it, but the truth literally sets you free because our secrets become who we are. We start letting them become who our identity is. And our identity in Christ is not in our secrets or in those hurts and pains that we carry, that, that's not freedom. That's not why, why Christ went to the cross. He went to the cross for your abortion. He went to the cross mm-hmm. for all, whatever we've done. It, it may not be abortion. Maybe it's adultery. Maybe it's cheating. Maybe it's um, uh, lying or, or, or whatever the case is, abusing other people. And it, he went to the cross for all of them. I, I say to people um, all the time, Kim, that when, especially in the work that I'm in, and I and I'm always I'm dealing with with people's pains and their hurts, and I'm wanting to help them get to that place of healing. And one of the questions I get all the time is, "Vic, I just I keep beating myself about it up about it, though I I, I hate myself for it, and I I can't forgive myself. I can't let myself off the hook." And I look at them and I say, "I want you to close your eyes and imagine this." So I'm, I'm going to ask you listeners to do that just right now. Just close your eyes and imagine Jesus on the cross. Just, just picture him there, right there on the cross suffering. And the, the crown of thorns is around his head and the nails are in his hands and feet. And he's been pierced. And he is suffering in agony, trying to take breaths. And he's dying on that cross for you and for me, for our sins. I want you to imagine every time that you decide you're not good enough, worthy enough of all of the blessings he wants to give you, of walking up to that cross, taking your hand and slapping him on the face as hard as you can and look at him and say, that's not good enough. Because what he did was sacrificed himself for us, for that abortion that you've had, for that pain or regret or sin from your past. He did it all on the cross. For those 10 years, Kim, that I was suffering in silence, I was on the worship team of a church of over 7,000 people. I was leading worship. And every week I had the fear that someone was going to find me out. I had the fear that they would kick me off of that platform. They would not allow me to sing that solo ever again. They would ask me to leave the church as soon as they realized Gosh, don't you guys know I had an abortion? I know all of you have done other sins, but I had an abortion. And I was terrified. So I lived in fear for over a decade that my friends would find out. So I kept walls up, and I didn't let people in. I let them get so far 
but that was it because if they knew, they'd reject me. And once I found the freedom in Christ, once I knew that if you reject me because I tell you I've had an abortion, God bless you. I'll pray for you. That's on you. Mm. But my father in heaven hasn't rejected me. He's restored me. And all that matters to me is his opinion of me, not anybody else. Mm. And there's freedom in that. Yeah. I'm just letting this settle in the hearts of people. I'm letting your truth do their, its work right now. And as a matter of fact, I think that, um, I think, Victoria, I think that before we go to um, our, just a short commercial break, I'd like for you to just pray for those people that you have just talked about because I think a lot of people have never even thought about it that way. And uh, can we just, before we uh, take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the things that you do, some practical ways that we can, uh, that healing comes. Um, Would you just take a minute just to pray for these people and then we'll go right into a 30-second commercial break. Absolutely. I'd be honored. Lord, I first of all thank you for the privilege and the honor to even get to share on this program today with Kim. Every door that you open, Lord, I will walk through because I know that each time you've done that, there's somebody who needs to hear what I have to say. And it's not, Lord, because I have all the answers. It's because you do. So I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for those listening you pierce their hearts, God. Maybe they haven't had an abortion, but Lord, I pray that you um, bring a new sense of compassion to them towards those who have had abortions. I pray for those listening, Lord, that have had an abortion in their past, whether it be a family member or themselves. And I pray for healing and restoration into their life. Maybe this phone call, that they're, this, this uh, call that I've made into Kim's show, Lord, that this program they're listening to is the first step for them towards healing. And I know, God, nothing is by accident, and you want everyone to go into 2021 with complete healing from their sin. We love you, Lord, and we praise you, and I thank you, Father, for the many testimonies that will come from this program today. And I trust you. I trust you, the words you put in my mouth. And, Father, for every person who listens, whether it's right now live or later on on a podcast or later um, on a record on this recording program, God, it doesn't matter, Lord. You will reach them where you need to because you know where they are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We'll be right back after this 30-second commercial break. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. I'm Kim Crable, your host, and what a impactful, inspiring, um, and I hope um, helpful show that we have today with our guest, Victoria Robinson from Nashville, Tennessee. Of course, I'm in, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. The show's uh, green room and where it's 
produced is out of Atlanta, Georgia. So, Victoria, it's kind of crazy how we can talk over each other sometimes. So, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. It's really it's fun trying to make it logistically work. But but I hope that this um, this radio program that we do brings healing and hope to people with the topics that we have and. This year I have chosen, I'm going to be going into some topics that are not easy, but are the ones that God wants to walk into our hearts and heal. And I love um, the picture you gave to us about Jesus on the cross, thinking of us and taking care of all of this. He did that so that we would love him and could walk in this freedom that you've talked about. So again, Victoria, thank you. For those who may just be picking up, Victoria is an author, public speaker, television personality and former host of her own um, radio show does travels the world talking and speaking hope into hurting hearts. And so, Victoria, before we, we move on, I want to ask you, because 49% of our listeners are men, and you hit on this just for a minute before we go into some of the help that's actually offered today, how, how is abortion, uh, how does it affect men? Well, I am so glad that we're going to talk about this because this is a very big part of the work that I do. And it didn't start out that way, though, Kim. I I will be very honest and transparent. After my abortion, my boyfriend and I, you know, we had the abortion. We said we promised each other we'd stay together forever, have kids later, but we didn't make it. Our relationship Mm -hmm. started to deteriorate, which nine out of ten times Where an abortion occurs, couples don't make it. It's just too traumatic of an experience. It's a reminder when you're looking at that person. I believe I never looked at him the same because I felt Mm -hmm. he was supposed to protect me, but yet he talked me into, and he didn't force me and drag me in, but um, he was a very big part of why I chose abortion. And I don't believe he looked at me ever the same. I think Mm -hmm. that even though he was convincing me this is what he wanted, and I, I truly believe when he afterwards he thought, I actually can't believe she did it because that was our baby. And, and it just, it just changed everything. He may not have known that at the time, but since my, because of my work, I know that that it rings true many, many cases. So we mm-hmm. broke up and we did not speak again. So after I went through my post-abortion counseling or as we're, I'm starting to try and get away from post-abortion because a lot of people don't understand what that means. So I'm trying to, mm-hmm. to kind of use the language of after-abortion recovery. So okay. a- after I went through my after-abortion recovery, and it was after, I want to stress that, and I mm-hmm. felt like I'd gone through my healing, which I had, uh, I started writing this book, as you mentioned earlier, called They Lied to Us. And mm-hmm. I remember before I started writing the book and the Lord was impressing upon me to write it, I told him, I can't write this book. Everybody will know my secret. Even my, my younger, my daughters will know. I I can't. So it was a three year process and that's a whole nother story. But after the book finally came out and I changed his everything and there are no identifying factors in the book about him to give him away. Uh, But I felt like I needed to call him to tell him about the book. You see, Kim, we knew a lot of the same friends. We were in a lot Mm -hmm. of the same circles, but praise God, after over a decade, I still never ran into him. So Mm -hmm. I made a phone call. The book was about to come out. It was being published. I called him. He answered the phone. He knew it was me. I have a distinct voice, apparently, I've heard. 
Um, it's a little more <laughs> distinct today because I've been not feeling well the last, or I'm feeling great now, but I've been sick last week. So mm-hmm. I called him and he said he knew my voice. I said, hi, it's me. And he began to weep immediately. Oh. He, before he said a word, he started to cry. Mm-hmm. And he started speaking, but I couldn't understand him. And I said, um, I, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, you know, take a deep breath or whatever it was. And he finally calmed down and he said, I've been waiting for this call for over a decade to beg you for forgiveness for what I made you do. Yeah. It has haunted me all these years. And I've been in therapy for eight years dealing with it. Can you oh, forgive Victoria. me? Oh, my goodness. Well, I began, first of all, I was in shock. I'll say that. Total shock. Because all these years, Kim, I thought, I'm the one who had to deal with it. I'm the one who's living with the ramifications of the choice he made me make. And he's over there living his life. Because remember, I've been hearing about his life from people. He's just living his life, going on about his business, and I'm the one dealing with this. And I was angry. Even after I went through after abortion recovery, even then, finding healing through that program, which I did, but I didn't have full healing and I didn't know it until this phone call. So he mm-hmm. said, will you forgive me? And in that moment, wow. two things happened. The first thing was I said, yes, I forgive you and realized the weight that was lifted off of me, Kim, because I'd been carrying mm-hmm. so much unforgiveness towards him, so much hatred towards him. And I didn't even realize it. And at that moment it was gone. But the second thing that happened, and I remember it clearly, is I felt God speak to my heart and say, do not forget about the men. These fathers are hurting too. And from that mm-hmm. moment on, I have not ever forgotten men. I speak about the men everywhere that I go. I have men come up to my book table after church events or women's events or or you know, fundraising, wherever I'm speaking, they'll come to my table and say, thank you. Thank you for talking mm-hmm. about us. I'm one of those dads, and nobody ever wants to talk about our pain. We make it all about the women, the women. These babies had fathers, Kim. These Mm. babies had a mother and a father, and men were created by God to protect, to take care of us, to be our, our warriors. So when they come to the realization that they had a hand in killing their own children. It's difficult for them. Women were made by God to be nurturers. We have that mother's heart. So when we come to the realization that we killed our own children, it's difficult. That's why after abortion recovery is so critical. I spoke at a men's event in Orlando, Florida called New Canaan Men's Society. And they don't they, they very rarely, Kim, will allow a woman to speak at their events. It's a men's event kind of like Promise Keepers. Well, I was speaking because the organization I work with, Save the Storks, was, was, was one of the sponsors, and they requested that I be a speaker. Our, our Save the Storks did. Well, because I was, we were a sponsor, they didn't argue. They said, oh, okay. So I spoke at this event. Hundreds of men were there. And I shared the story I just shared with you about the father of my aborted child and other things and my story and the pain and and my own testimony. And we had what's called a stork bus parked outside. And these stork buses are buses that are parked in front of abortion clinics that pregnancy resource centers um, man all over the country to offer women other options and give free ultrasounds. 
and free pregnancy testing, free counseling. And these men then stood in line for over an hour, Kim, to get on this mm. bus in 95-degree weather in Orlando, Florida, to see the bus, to come on the bus to talk to me and say, in my ear, some of them, I'm one of those dads, and I've never understood why X, Y, Z. I've never mm. told my wife. She's always wondered why I can't um, share my past with her. She's wondered why I'm closed sometimes, why I treat our children the way I do. I have had an abortion in my past, and I've never been able to tell anybody. So these Mm -hmm. men are hurting. So I don't ever want us to believe this is just about the women. Now, I am not saying to women listening, if you have an abortion in your past, to pick up the phone and call the father of your aborted child in no way am I telling you to do that because you need to go through healing first before you make that call. If that's what God calls you to do, he may not, there may not be any way for you to do it, but I am telling you that that happened to me for many reasons. But one of them was for God to show me, you've got to stop blaming this all on the men Mm -hmm. because they're in pain. Wow, Victoria, that, that, uh, that's powerful. That's powerful. And for the men who are listening, um, you know, that now what I want to get right into, um, because you just opened up a lot of women's minds and uh, men's hearts, and you're, you're creating um, a, a, an opening here for a lot of healing. Um, so what I want to do now is to move rapidly into healing. Victoria, let's say that there's women who are listening to this or who will be listening to this who are just um, crying, and they so want to believe the fact that they can be healed from the decision that they wish to God that they hadn't uh, made or was maybe forced upon them or maybe believed that that was the best thing to do um, and for the men who are listening, who are, who, are, who are thinking, oh, my gosh, I never realized she just spoken into me why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. So you've opened up this, this incredible place of, of, that where healing can, can begin to, to step in and do its work. And so let's talk about some practical things over the next few minutes of what, what do we do? If I'm at home and I'm feeling this and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, is there a possibility? Is there really a way that I can silence these screams? Victoria, let's give some practical uh, principles or ways to, that what they should start doing. What, what do I do if I'm at home just hurting right now? What, what's my first step? Okay, I will tell you, because if I would have been that young woman listening to this show before I knew anything that I know now, I would have wanted the same thing for someone to just say, here's what you need to do. So here's what I'm going to tell those of of you listening or those of you listening that know someone who's suffering because they had an abortion in their past. During this show, right now or when it's over, get online and look up your local pregnancy resource center. Make sure that it's a pregnancy resource center that um, offers options counseling, um, that offers free pregnancy testing. You don't want to call an abortion clinic. So go to their website and read a little bit about who they are. If you're in any way um, confused or, or not sure, get in touch with me. You can email me, Victoria, 
at savethestorks.com and, and, or find me on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, don't use Twitter that much. Find me. I get messages every day through, through Facebook, more than anywhere through Facebook, of people looking for help. So if you're thinking, I don't want to email anybody and have that email record, then don't email me. Find me on Facebook. Send me your number. We'll talk on the phone. I'll help you mm-hmm. find the resource of what you need. So that's the first thing I would tell you, is to look up your local pregnancy resource center because they offer after-abortion recovery. Pick up the phone and call them. Star 67 is a great feature if you don't want anyone to know your number. There's a practical thing you can do. And that may sound silly, Kim, to some people, yeah. but to women like mm-hmm. me, it, it's not. That, that, is a, that, that right there is a lifeline yeah. because they're, yeah. I know what they're thinking. So star 67, before you dial the number, blocks your phone number, ladies and gentlemen. You, no one will know who you are. Call them yeah. and say, I need help. I heard this woman saying that there's help for people who've had abortions. Can you tell me about that program? Can you tell me where I can get it? And that's what you want to ask them because that's where you want to go. Don't pick up the phone and call the person that is from your past. You don't want to do that right now. Not when you're in the midst of, of your healing and you need and you and your pain. That's not a good idea. And I will tell you for a fact, it's not a good idea. I've seen many things happen that were not good. Um, from others that have done that. So please make sure you go through your healing first. Because even if you get a phone call afterwards that isn't the best, you're healed. It will not affect you in the same way. So that's why that's so important. As I said, call your pregnancy center, star six, seven, your phone number. Get on, get on social media and find me. Send me a message mm-hmm. and say, I just saw you or heard you on, on Kim's, on Coffee with Kim. I need help. Can you tell me? And the first thing I'm going to ask you is, I'm going to say, what city and state are you in? And I'll find the, the pregnancy center for you. So if you don't know what to do or where to start, I'll find it for you. But the last thing I want to say is this. If you're listening and you're a person who had an abortion, you're a mom, the mom or the father of that aborted child, maybe you're the grandparent or the aunt or the uncle, I am so sorry for your loss. I am so sorry. We don't give dignity to aborted children in this country. And I want to give that to yours because those were your children. And I can tell you that not only does the Lord want to see you healed, think about the children you have here on this earth. They want the best for you as well. And I'm sure that the one thing they'd want for you is to be healed of your pain. That aborted child of yours would want the same. So you deserve healing. So make sure you pick up the phone, find me on social media, and let's get you the help that you deserve. Victoria, that is wonderful. And listeners, I pray that you will, I truly pray that this will be the year of healing for you. I truly pray that you will give hope a chance. You know, I I remember Victoria in in the story of Abraham. It said he hoped against all hope. When he had no hope, he hoped that the hope would work. You know, it's just like (laughs) I can remember coming to the point in my life where when I I discovered some scriptures in the Bible and I was so lost, I was so hurting, and I remember just thinking, I'm just going to hope that the possibility of God's word will work within me. And sometimes that's that's all it takes. It just takes an ounce of, of hope and and for you listeners, I, you, you will never be 
you will never be disappointed in what God has promised, and he has promised healing for all of us. He says, come to me, ye who are weary and heavy burdened. You know, these burdens of the voices, the screams in your mind, just come to me, and I will give you rest. And there's a deep, deep Greek meaning in, in all of that. But basically, if you go into the Greek and just study that one scripture, which is what my first book is, is about, Burdens the Blessings, you will see that rest right there means reversal. God can take what was meant for evil, the things that we have done that are causing regret or, or we wish that things have been differently. And Victoria, isn't it true that he can take those things that are about, that are just literally eating us alive, it seems like, he can reverse that uh, into a voice of hope. And Victoria, that's what I see in you. There was a, if you'll let me tell this a quick little story, I think it's so important for our listeners because the listeners, I want you to hear what Victoria said. She said she lived for more than 10 years, more than 10 years with this deep condemnation, this regret, self, self-loathing. The words that she listened to, she said she listened to it every day. But listen to, you hear what she's saying now. You, you hear the healing. You see the transformation. You wonder how that happened. Well, she's giving you a beginning point, and it can happen. If it happened for Victoria, it can happen for, for all of us. I remember Victoria uh, many years ago when I first started speaking. I was talking about how God can take the the worst, the the greatest pain, and and cause um, and cause healing, and not only to cause healing but to cause hope. And I was speaking at a university in Alabama, um, not the University of Alabama, but a, a university in Alabama, and there was a large congregation there. And I was talking on the topic of hope and how God can heal and, and bring good things from, from the bad. And like you, there was a, you were talking about that lady who was standing there waiting to talk to you. There was a lady standing there talking to me, and she was waving in line. And quite honestly, by her countenance, I was hoping, hoping that she would t- tire and, not, and give up rather than getting to me because I could tell she was frustrated with the things that I had said. But she got uh-huh. to me, Victoria, and she said, "How can you? How can you say such things to people? How can you? How could you do that?" And I looked at her and I said, "I'm I'm sorry. I don't I don't know I don't know what you mean." And she goes, "How can you tell people that their 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 deepest wounds can be healed and that something good can come from it?" Well, I was very much aware then that she had a great wound, an unhealed hurt. And so I asked her, and mine wasn't just on, this was on all hearts, but she said she refused to tell me. And finally I said, well, if you will just give me an, just give me an inkling of what you're talking about. Maybe I can, maybe I can dive into this. Maybe I can share deeper. And she goes, all right, I'm going to share with you something that I haven't shared with anyone in 32 years, in 32 years. And she began, this strong, hard woman began to, fight back the tears. And I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear. And she said, 32 years ago, on this very campus, living here, I chose to have an abortion. And she said, every day since then, I've heard the words, you're a murderer, you're a murderer. She said, for 32 years. And she looked at me and she said, now you tell me how anything good can come from that. Victoria, I just stood there in silence for a minute. I looked around and I said, dear friend, all due respect, but do you not see where you are? 
You're on a campus where girls are about to make this decision. They have made this decision already. You could be that voice that says either there's a better way or two, if you've made this choice, there is a way of God's forgiveness so you don't have to live like this. Victoria, this lady started to crumble and cry and she looked at me and she said, do you really think so? Do you really think that I could use, that God could use what I consider the greatest mistake of my life? Do you really think? And I looked at her and I said, it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what God has said. And yes. And do you know, Victoria, to this day, now she may have retired, but the last time I heard, she had opened up her, her classroom to anyone who was contemplating abortion or who had made that choice of abortion to be able to mentor them and walk them to healing. Isn't that powerful? That is so powerful, and it's so true. What you said just to, before you shared that story of how God will take our, our what the enemy has meant to destroy us yeah. for what he's, what he's meant for wickedness and turn it into good. And I, you, you are right, Kim. I am a, a walking testimony, and I know that every single day. Now, I, and, and, and I'm not saying, please don't hear what I'm not. It doesn't mean I don't grieve. That doesn't mean I don't have days where I, I think, gosh, Lord, I'd rather be working at a bank than doing right. what I do. Uh, but the bottom line is he knew what I would choose. And, and I walked in that abortion clinic and what I chose, yes, it changed my life. But I can tell you this, Kim, and all your listeners with pure conviction, because there's no question in my mind. And this is not to sound arrogant. I know that the death of my child has saved thousands and that thousands of children are alive today because my child died because mm-hmm. I've gotten the stories and I've got, I've received the messages from those women who've said I was going to choose an abortion. And I, I somehow ran, I saw your story on YouTube or I heard about you on I saw you on a TV show or a radio show or a radio program, whatever it was. And I didn't choose mm-hmm. abortion after 23 years of doing the work I've been doing now. I am confident to say, And I am proud and blessed to say that God used my story to save not just the children who have not been aborted because of it, but those mothers and fathers from not having to live with the regret, the pain, and the shame of choosing abortion. Mm -hmm. Powerful. And to our listeners, you could say this very same thing. This could be your testimony. And I just thank Victoria so much for her realness and her rawness and coming on and sharing her story. And it's never easy, is it, Victoria? It's never easy to share our stories, is it? No, it's never easy. And, and I'm glad you came back to me because I want to, I, 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 I know that there are some people listening that are thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and they're having an anxiety attack thinking if I go through healing, that means I have to tell everybody. No, it doesn't. God's <laughs> called me to this work. God has called me to travel and speak wherever, whatever door he opens to share. But that doesn't mean you're going to have to do that because that is something I hear, Kim, from men and women. Well, do I have to do what you're doing? No, you don't. Do not let that deter you from getting help. Please get help. You may never tell anybody, but that person sitting next to you at work or that neighbor who's saying my daughter is going to have an abortion. I don't know. Let God lead you. But if there's no one he expects you to tell but one or two, then just do that. You'll know. But please don't freak out. 
thinking you're going to have to come on Coffee with Kim a year from now (laughs) and share with the world what you did because you don't. But please also make sure you pick up that phone, make that phone call, or type out that message to me. Let's get you the help God wants you to have. Because if you're looking for a sign and you've been praying God bring healing into my life, he just did. Mm, That's powerful. And it goes back to the that, that what you were talking about in John 8:32, it's the truth that sets you free. And to you know, there are, there are many people who are listening who will listen that God has something completely different for them. He, he wants them to teach Sunday school. He wants them to to sing solos. He wants them to write a book. But this one thing is holding them back. Many times, exactly, we have, we, we, we get our hearts and our our minds clear. We align ourselves. We walk into forgiveness that frees us to do whatever God has called us to do. And it may have nothing to do with post-abortion or, or, or even sharing that story. It could open us up to really do something completely, totally different that, that this grieving would rob from us because it would always say to us, you're not worthy. What if someone finds out just like the voices that you heard? You know, God has filled us with such great potential. There's so many possibilities in areas, don't you agree, uh, Victoria, that we don't even know. So for our listeners, it may be God, we just know God has a great plan for each and every one of us. And we have to allow ourselves to be healed in the areas in which we are still bleeding and hurting and being condemned from so that we can run free to do whatever God wants us to do in whatever area that we want to go in. Right? Amen. Um, Amen. Oh, Kim, I'm so glad you said that because everybody's not going to be out there talking about their abortion. Uh, What what Kim said is so true. There could be a ministry that he wants to birth in you. There could be, it it could be a job at a bank where you're a witness. I don't know what it is, but he wants to use you. But when we're not whole, when we are still a walking, when we're walking wounded, or in, and we are just walking around with oozes on our wounds and blood and anger, like this woman, Kim, that you talked about with the yeah. anger. When I was writing my book and I was interviewing women, this one woman responded to my ad. This was back when I wrote my book um, that you put ads in, in the newspaper. And she met me at a coffee shop, and she only came to tell me off. She didn't want to come mm-hmm. and tell me I want to be part of this book and share my story. She came to tell me off to my face. And this woman was mm. one of the most angriest, bitterest women I've ever met. And she just went off on me and said some not very nice things in this coffee shop. And I just let her go on and let her go on. And basically she was saying, who do you think you are? Abortion doesn't harm mm. women. It's our right to do whatever we want, but I, et cetera, et cetera. And after she was done, I looked at her and I said, well, I, I, you know, I, I hear you. And I, I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss. I said, did you ever get married? You know, did you ever have, because she was in her 60s. She said, no, I never got married and I never had any other kids. And I've been fine with that. Mm. It was, I I knew that hurting people hurt people. And I knew looking at this woman, because I'd gone through my healing at this point, that this was a woman in such pain, but she wasn't ready to say, I need help. Never heard from her again. I don't know whatever happened. I prayed for her. I hope she got healing from somewhere. But there are other areas of our lives where if we don't get healing from abortion, whatever it is, as I said earlier, you're not going to be able to walk in the fulfillment that Christ wants you to and the freedom that he wants us to. He didn't die on a cross, you guys, 
for us to be like, well, um, I, I, I know that this is okay, but this part, no, I got to keep, I got to keep punishing myself for this. Nope. Remember mm-hmm. what I told you. Remember the visual, slapping him on the face, saying that's mm-hmm. not good enough. Well, guess what? It was good enough. So you yeah. may just have to do a little bit of the work, but there is freedom in Christ. There is freedom when you receive the healing he wants to give you. And I got to tell you, there's a smile on my face now. That doesn't mean I don't have my bad days. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But mm-hmm. I know he's forgiven me. I know he's healed me. And from a woman who couldn't even look in a mirror in her bathroom in a room by herself and say, you had an abortion, who couldn't even get the words out, Kim, alone Mm. by myself. Now God has taken me all around the world. I spoke in Italy right before COVID. He takes me everywhere Mm. to share my truth, not because he's saying you have to do it to the way that I am, but because he's saying you've been praying for something. Now, this is the part in your life that we need to deal with. Let me help you. What a beautiful way to end the show. Let me help you. The words of Jesus and the words that Victoria is using to to, um, reach out to you today. Friends, she she made herself so available. Please reach out to her. Um, Again, it is uh, Victoria at SaveTheStorks. Is it .org or .com, Victoria? It's .com. Dot com. So that mm-hmm. is the, the pro-life organization that she is the director of, of external uh, relations. And so please be a part of that. Look up Save the Storks. Look up Victoria um, and reach out to her. She speaks. She travels the world. She'll come to your area by her book. You heard so many ways that she has created these uh, places, these platforms for all of us be able to walk in the freedom and remember whatever it is that condemnation once you allow God to comfort that it sets you free to be you however God wants you to do that and you've got to remember that God has put incredible things in you and his word is glory be to him who by his power at work within you can do beyond anything that you could ever imagine let this be the year God let this be the year that all of us step into your complete healing so that we can glorify you in our lives so that all men will see our work but will glorify you Victoria Robinson, thank you so much, my dear friend. We are going to do more together. I feel it coming because I know that God has such a tremendous message. Thank you again for joining us in Nashville, Tennessee. And friends, thank you for joining us for Coffee with Kim. I pray that you, as this goes in the podcast, that you'll share it with many friends. You don't know the people who are silently crying. But we all know that the statistics say that they're greater than we could ever imagine. So let's dedicate 2021 to the healing of those deep hurts so that we can all run free and become voices of hope. Thank you again for joining us. Victoria, thank you, friend, and we'll be in touch. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.com. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.com.